This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production. Hi guys, I'm so excited to have all of you join me today. Today's episode is all about blooming where you're planted. And my guest is Luke Salwe, Master Facilitator and CEO of Coachology, one of the leading coaching companies in Thailand. He shares with us his amazing experience of traveling around the world, changing careers, and finally finding his beautiful purpose through serendipitous conversations and the willingness to step outside of his comfort zone to become the person he's meant to be. A person of influence and inspiration to aspiring coaches and leaders from all over the world. Before I begin, I would like to thank my podcast management group, Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, and my producer, Jamie, for this wonderful opportunity to share this inspiring conversation to the rest of the world. Ready? Let's start the show. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. A feel-good podcast filled with beautiful thought-provoking reflections. What is it in your life that you want to become? Who do you want to be? And inspiring soulful stories to help you become your authentic, unapologetic, grandest version of yourself. Your own hashtag best me ever. You begin to ask yourself why. You find yourself lonely, depressed, feeling unworthy, unloved, doubting yourself, and asking this question. Why me? Why did it have to happen to me? Hosted by Global Master Coach and international best-selling author, Mike Sellis. Hi Luke, how are you? Mike, I am wonderful, thank you. How are you doing today? I feel great. It's so nice to have you finally on board. It's been a wish of mine and I'm so glad that, you know, everyone else agreed with me to have you on board for this podcast. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity, Mike. It sounds like you've got a, a growing audience and it's just an absolute pleasure to connect with you uh, again after all of these years. 
Likewise, look. What's interesting here right now as we begin this conversation is that you've already heard that quote wherein it says that you bloom where you are planted. So on that note, tell me about Little Sprout way back <laughs> oh, when gosh. you were I'll in Australia. I, I love it. I love it. So yeah, originally from Australia, I was very fortunate that I grew up in a beautiful family. I have a younger brother, mother and father. We grew up in the bush in Australia and on 50 acres of land surrounded by national forest and parks. I would ride motorbikes and play with the dogs and I'd go for a walk up the creek and look for yabbies, which are little freshwater kind of lobster things. Mm-hmm. And it really was a beautiful childhood. Mother and father really took care of me. They made sure we went to a good school and everything like that. And I think one of the biggest challenges I had, even with all of that love and support and even my younger brother, we got on great together. I couldn't really decide what I wanted to do when I grow up. I guess one thing that was very, very good is my parents instilled a very strong work ethic within me at a very, very young age. And so my father had an engineering workshop. And I think from around the age of about 14, I would go in there on a Saturday and I would just basically clean up the engineering shop, sweeping the, the floor and helping the tradesmen move this or move that and piling up rubbish. And I did that for like half a day on a Saturday. And then I just kept doing it more and more. So then I'd be working Saturday and Sunday. So I really was able to develop that sense of it's, it's up to me to take care of me. You know, like my, my parents certainly weren't rich. I, I wasn't, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth. They worked hard and they kind of instilled that work ethic in me. Mm-hmm. And so I was working hard and I saved up to get my own car. And, you know, I got my license, I got my car and I would hang out with my friends. And then I thought, you know, I want to go to university. And I applied for a mechanical engineer. Wow. And very quickly, Mike, <laughs> after six months though, I realized I did not like university. I did not like mechanical engineering. And so I, mum and dad, of course, they wanted the best for me. And they said, no, Luke, you've got to stay at university. And I said, I'll tell you what, mum, I'll do you a deal. I will defer for six months and I'll just have six months off. And then I'll go back. And they said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for a couple of months, I worked full time at my uh, father's engineering workshop, just as a laborer, again, cleaning up and helping the tradesmen. Then I got a job with a big pharmaceutical company, uh, P&G. Now this is back in the days, I was about 19 or so. And they had a factory in Australia, P&G, and I was just working on the production line, packing box after box after box. Wow. And the good, the good thing about it, Mike, was it paid very well, right? As, mm-hmm. a, as a young 19-year-old, and the interesting thing was most of this factory were, you know, kids like myself fresh out of school. So we would hang out and we would have parties and just do all the fun things that early 20-something-year-old people do. But again, it really, as I worked hard and I became a supervisor, it really helped me develop my work ethic even more. And I, I remember when you talk about blooming, as boring as some of that work was, you know, packing boxes day after day after day, <laughs> I did get the opportunity to grow and that was because of my boss who basically mentored me. So when I got out of line, he pulled me into line. When I was a bit down, he would encourage me. He painted a vision of the future where he could see me 
growing to that next level. And so even in that kind of environment, what might seem quite boring, we did improve the systems and the processes. We, mm. I, I did develop my leadership and I was able to help that organization achieve results. Oh, wow. Could you say then at age what, 19 or 20, was it the time that you finally like somewhat figured out what you what? wanted? And I'm quite <laughs> curious though, before we even go into that, if you didn't know what you wanted to be, what did you use to answer your teachers? Because, you know, in school, they always ask you what you want to be when you grow up, what would be your ambition? So I'm kind of curious, what did you answer back then? Oh gosh, I remember watching Indiana Jones and the uh-huh. Temple of Doom or whatever. I wanted to be an archaeologist. Maybe that's when I was oh, about wow. 12 or 13. Then I wanted to, I was really fascinated by by film and movies. And I decided mm-hmm. I wanted to work in horror movies, helping do the special effects with all the different things. And I, I actually went to a studio in Sydney and the person there told me, said, Luke, this is not for you. You know, you've done a good job here for this week that you've been together, but th- this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Get, okay. get a real job is like what he was saying. but I, and, and it destroyed me at the time because I was really passionate about the movie kind of behind yeah. the scenes process. And then after working in the manufacturing for five years, I think my whole journey, Mike, to get me where I am now, it wasn't that it was crystal clear about what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It's like I had to go through the process of knowing what I did not want to do, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And so while the manufacturing industry was a perfect opportunity for me to learn and grow, after P&G, I worked at another manufacturing organization for five years where I was the production manager taking care of a team of 20 and five production lines. So quite a good responsibility, great leadership experience. But after 10 years in the manufacturing industry, I knew that that was not my life's mm. purpose. That is very interesting. And I'm so sure that a lot of our listeners right now can relate to that. Quite curious, what was the turning point in your life then? Because you mentioned about you exactly knew what you didn't want. So <laughs> we all have those moments where we would suddenly realize that this is not for me and I'm ready to plant myself somewhere else. So yeah. what was that Beautiful. exact turning point for you? So after 10 years in the manufacturing industry, I knew that there must be something else other than working in a factory with four walls and, and no windows. But back then, Mike, I did not know what I did not know, right? Mm. And so it, it was almost out of desperation or just, just realizing, I think, that there must be more to life than packing boxes. So because I didn't know what I didn't know, through a mutual friend in a very serendipitous moment, I got introduced to a four-day personal development course in Sydney, Australia. Mm. And I remember going into that course, Mike, and I was like the nervous guy standing in the corner, all shy, hoping that the humans (laughs) wouldn't talk to me. And I remember the course started and again, I felt so far out of my comfort zone. And then the facilitator said, hey guys, listen, you will get out of this workshop whatever you put into it. So my recommendation is to play at 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd never been to any other workshops or any other real kind of training things before. So you know what? I just went for it, Mike. I just totally just wow. threw myself in 200% uh, mm-hmm. into this workshop. Within a few short weeks, I made a very, very big decision because I still didn't know what I wanted, but for sure I knew it was not working in a factory anymore. So because I still didn't know, 
I thought to myself, and I, I got the value and the benefit of that understanding of the concept of getting out of one's comfort zone. So I thought, okay, here I am living in Australia. I, I was probably 25 mm -hmm. or something by then. I thought there's a big bad world out there that I need to explore. Working with P&G and in the manufacturing industry, it paid very well. Uh, I was able to get my own house at the age of 23 and well, with wow. a loan, of course. So that kind of stuff was okay, but the light within me had been ignited. And then so I bought a 12-month round-the-world ticket to travel and explore around wow. the world, Mike. And that was the pivotal moment. When I decided to get out of my comfort zone, when I decided to get out there and try new things to see, you know, what I liked and what I didn't mm -hmm. like. And over time, I was able to, to narrow it down what was really passionate about. Now, for example, I had this, you know, fantasy when I was living back in Australia that I'd, I don't know, like to own a pub and be able to give people mm -hmm. a good time at a, at a pub mm -hmm. or a nightclub or something like that. When I was backpacking around the world for that one year in uh, the UK, out in Salisbury, which is near Stonehenge, I worked in a pub. And after two weeks of working in a pub, I thought, I don't want to own a pub. <laughs> I don't want to, this is not my <laughs> life's work. This is not mm -hmm. what I want to do. And then I worked on a construction site doing laboring, which paid very, very good. And I traveled the world, Mike, for one full year. And my final destination was Thailand. Mm -hmm. And I had a one-way ticket from Thailand, Bangkok, uh, back to Sydney, <laughs> Australia. I'd been traveling mm -hmm. for one full year. And Mike, the experiences that I had, the people that I met, the personal growth, everything, I was a totally different person by the mm -hmm. end of that one year. And so I had this opportunity, I had my one-way ticket from Bangkok back to Sydney, uh, or I, I could create a, a life for myself in Thailand. And that's exactly what I did. I created the opportunity to work in a little boutique resort on the beautiful mm -hmm. Koh Samui, Thailand, which is a tropical island in the south of Thailand. And that began my hospitality career, which lasted a total of 10 years. <laughs> wow, such an amazing story and I know that based on what we have right now, I mean the lockdown, everyone here wants to travel as of this moment and hearing you talk about that you traveled the world, I'm like, oh wow, this guy has to like... Remember those days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love what you said about stepping outside your comfort zone and a lot of our listeners can actually relate to that. But when you did that first workshop, way back then in Australia, you said that you just gave it your 100%, perhaps even 200% into it. What made it easier for you? Because, you know, people are quite apprehensive when they do something for the first time. And more yep. so, you traveled the world. You haven't <laughs> done that before. And you've tried a lot of stuff. And yet, looking at you right now, as you tell the story, you're smiling. And perhaps you've had very good experiences. How did you manage to do that, to actually bloom where you were during that time? I think back then, Mike, especially when I was traveling the world, this was the time before Google Maps, all right? This was, oh, you, know, wow. <laughs> this was you know, reading uh, Lonely Planet books and just, just trying to figure it out along the way. And, and I guess I just developed this faith in myself that, that things would be okay. The universe, Jesus, Buddha, mm -hmm. however you want to call it, 
would take care of me. And, and it really came from that very, very first workshop. And here's, here's the thing. And everyone's probably heard the story of the comfort zone and the magic happens outside of the comfort yeah. zone. Well, when it actually happens, when you take that first step, right, and you get over your fear or your resistance or that uncertainty, whatever you want to call it, when you do take that step, it's only a matter of time before that magic happens, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to make sure you capture and remember those magical moments because mm -hmm. in my experience with myself, with mm -hmm. my relationships, with the clients that I'm coaching and training, it is guaranteed that when you take that step outside of the comfort zone, at some point in time, the magic is going to happen. Your growth, your development, that amazing relationship, mm -hmm. the new job, career, the opportunity, the starting your own business, it always is going to happen outside of your comfort zone. So I guess I just developed a trust around that process that mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And like I said, there were so many things that I did not know that I did not know. I kind of felt that I had nothing to lose. One more quick story I remember. When I was in the UK, I was in Salisbury, and I, I was looking for jobs on, in the newspaper and online, right? And I'm looking in the mm -hmm. classifieds, and there's nothing, 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 nothing. And then, so one day I say, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to go kind of knocking on doors and I'm going to ask mm -hmm. for a job. It, it, you know, some of the pubs and the clubs, the little establishments in town. And I remember on that first afternoon, I was so scared, Mike, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. And then I got myself back home. I was staying with a very dear friend. And I said to myself, Luke, what, where's this fear coming from? I said, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is they say, no, sorry, we don't have a job for you. So I was like, oh, because it's all, all this fear, it exists between our ears. It's all mind made mm -hmm. fluff. So the next day with new vigor, purpose and courage, I went out there and I knocked on the door and I said, hi, my name's Luke. I'm traveling the world for a year. I'm here for, uh, for a couple of months. Do you have mm -hmm. any work available? And the gentleman looked me in the eye and he said, look, I'm so sorry, I don't. But hey, if you go to that place across the road down the street, I'm pretty sure he is looking for someone. So I marched over there. I held my head high. I was confident. I said, hi, my name's Luke. I'm backpacking the world for a year. I'm here for a month or so. Do you have some work? And he kind of looked me up and down and he said, yep, here's 20 pounds. Go and get yourself a black pair of trousers and you can start at five o'clock this afternoon. Right? So it was instant verification that when we do take that step outside of the comfort zone we're going to be rewarded with something and it's the unknown it's the unfamiliar yet that is where the magic happens that is where that seed if this is the comfort zone the seed is planted outside of the comfort zone and then we yeah. bloom outside of the comfort zone right now what's important though mike is that this process is ongoing right it doesn't just happen as a one-shot wonder mm -hmm. Right, because guess what? Yeah. Your comfort zone might expand out to here and here and here. Well, guess what? We need to continue to grow and develop and evolve ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful story because that magic that you were talking about brought you to Thailand, started <laughs> your own hospitality career. And 10 years after, you find yourself once more going out of that comfort zone. Tell me about your journey afterwards. So quickly, with my hospitality journey, I started at the very, very bottom, getting paid $200 per month, which is not wow. a lot. 
Yeah. Yet I was very, very fortunate in the owner of the hotel. The seminar that I had attended all those years ago in, well, it was one year before I got to the hotels, right? The gentleman that created that seminar, his name is Ole Larsen, okay? Mm -hmm. He's from Denmark and he created the seminar. He'd been teaching it for 30 years and then another gentleman had started to deliver the workshop, Mr. Luis. So I mm -hmm. learned from Luis. Mm -hmm. Now, as I was backpacking around the world, I thought, I want to find out where Mr. Oli lives, the creator of that experience. And I want to call him and I want to thank him for changing my life. And mm -hmm. so I found out that he lived in the south of France. And I remember walking around this room. I had his phone number trying to get the courage to call him. And then I called him and he wasn't there. And then six months later, I was still in Europe somewhere. I called him and he wasn't there. And so I kind of forgot about it. I started work at this hotel. It was called Rocky Resort in Koh Samui. And it just so happens that the investors of that hotel were involved in that seminar, wow. right, that I had attended in Australia. Mm. At that time, not only, but there were a series of investors. So I got the job, $200 per month. I knew nothing about hotels. I did not have a hospitality degree. I worked my ass off for those uh, first couple of years. <laughs> and then after about six months, a magical thing happened. Ole became the major investor in that hotel. The gentleman that wow. created that seminar that changed my life a year prior was now my boss and he was my mentor and he was my coach and he was pretty hardcore mike i've got to say i needed mm -hmm. a good kick in the butt back then i'd just been backpacking <laughs> the world for a year right mm -hmm. and so thankfully him and the people around me supported that blooming effect he could have fired me and kicked me out 100 times over yet whenever i messed up i would always dust myself off and i would stand up again and I would learn from that experience, right? And I'm sure you've heard the saying, there is no failure, only feedback. Mm -hmm. And I had that encouragement. I had that support. I had that coaching and that mentoring. And then over 10 years, I became the general manager of a five-star boutique resort on wow. Koh Samui. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So 10 years in manufacturing, went backpacking for a year. 10 mm -hmm. years in uh, <laughs> hospitality. I got to that nine year, 10 year mark in hospitality. And I had realized, Mike, that I had stopped growing. And Tony Robbins says it famously, when we stop growing, we start dying, right? And so I had got to this point where, yes, my comfort zone was expanded. I'd traveled the, the world for a year. Mm -hmm. I'd become a general manager. I was leading a team of a hundred people. Yet I was not happy anymore, Mike. And what I've learned is that as soon as you stop growing, you start dying. And so what, what that means is your fulfillment and your happiness begins to decline. Thankfully, I caught myself, right? Mm -hmm. I caught myself and I thought, I'm not happy. I do not want to be a hotelier for the rest of my life. It's been 10 mm -hmm. very, very good years. My salary did go up, by the way, from $200 <laughs> to $5,000 per month. Mm -hmm. So it paid good. Mike, I'm on a white sandy beach with swaying palm <laughs> trees. I can eat my Tom Yum Gung from a coconut. Oh my God, like that's Externally, a it looked amazing. Yet internally, I, I was not happy. Why? 
because I'd stopped growing. I wasn't reading books. I wasn't attending workshops or seminars or listening to amazing podcasts like this. I'd simply stopped growing. So thankfully I caught myself and I asked myself the question, what is it that I'm most passionate about, right? So, so Mike, check this out. I still hadn't found out exactly what I wanted to do. I, I thought it was hospitality, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. after 10 years, I knew that that wasn't my purpose in this lifetime. So I started to think, okay, when have I been most happy and most passionate? That was the question that I asked myself to find my purpose. When have I been most happy and most kind of, you know, fulfilled? And you know what the answer was? At the end of that four day seminar in Australia, that was the happiest that I felt. That was the most, I had a a sense of loving myself unconditionally, which is deep down what I'd always been looking for. So that workshop gave me that feeling. And then when I Mm. thought about this, which was now 11 or 12 years later, I thought that feeling I thought, I want to help other people to have that feeling. Like how Mr. Mm. Luis helped me feel like that. I want to help other people to feel like that, to help people find their own way, to discover their inner wisdom and their passion and their joy and their love. And I thought, I want to be a coach and a facilitator. And I just made a decision right there in the moment. Wow. That is such a brave move. And I just wonder right now, how did your boss take it? I mean, leaving behind 10 years worth of amazing experience, earning 5,000 US dollars <laughs> per month, you know, uh, way back in the days. That is somewhat hard to do for someone who just, you know, started all over again. You've been yeah, through a lot. And, and it was. It was a total change of everything. And... You know, at the end of the day, I didn't really consider what my boss thought or said at the time, mm-hmm. because by this time it wasn't Oli. I'd moved on from Oli. It felt mm-hmm. like I had finished my apprenticeship with Oli mm-hmm. after about five years. And then I went to manage at another hotel. So that was kind of all done. But that boss that I had at that time, we were already beginning to see things differently. And I knew mm-hmm. that there was not going to be a long-term relationship there, the owner of the hotel and me as the general manager. So I just said, listen, I know that I probably should give you two months notice, but listen, everything is running like clockwork here. I'm going to hand over and delegate everything and I'm out of here in three weeks. So we came to an amicable arrangement with payment and everything, what I felt was a win-win. And then I moved up to Bangkok and then I basically participated in more trainings and more workshops. I joined another coaching and training company, which was, again, like an apprenticeship, if you like. So mm-hmm. I do, I guess, have a good habit of surrounding myself with positive people. Mm. And this is key, Mike, for anyone wanting to step outside of the comfort zone, their own comfort zone, whatever that is for you, then you've got to surround yourself with positive people, people that are going to lift you up and motivate and encourage you. Because if you're doing it alone, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And I'm sure that it was difficult for you at first because you came from a senior management position and to allow yourself to humbly start all over again as you plant yourself this time around in Bangkok. My God, I'm talking to someone who has traveled the world right now. To allow yourself to start all over again, 
what was the most difficult thing about it? I kind of think of the analogy of, you know, you're in the middle of the jungle and there's the river down at the bottom of the hill and the jungle is thick and there is no path there. So you need to get your machete and you need to carve your way through. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it is outside of the comfort zone, right? Because mm -hmm. it's unknown territory. It's unknown, unfamiliar and uncommon. And so for those first year or so, it's always going to be challenging, mm -hmm. right? And I think it was just, again, having that faith in myself. And I, mm -hmm. I think I can wrap this up with one beautiful story, Mike. I was working in Bangkok for about five years with another training and coaching company. I was mm -hmm. uh, kind of like equal. We had a profit share with me and my business partner at that time. And anyway, I went to Singapore to attend the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within workshop. Huge mm -hmm. workshop, 13,000 people in wow. Singapore. This is mm -hmm. about five years ago. I, I was there as part of the crew. So I'd already been there as a participant in the audience before, but this time I volunteered to be the crew, mm -hmm. right? Because you want to find a role model. When I say surround mm -hmm. yourself with positive people, you also want to find yourself a role model, someone that you look yeah. up to whose strategies and processes and belief systems you can replicate and implement for yourself. So for mm -hmm. me, Tony Robbins was like that role model. Mm -hmm. I wanted to peek behind the curtain to see how does someone, <laughs> how does Tony do it with 13,000 yeah. people, right? So I'm sitting there the day before the big program started. There was about 300 volunteers who were crewing. And the gentleman comes over to me and he says, you, come here. So I, I, I stand up from this group of 300 and I walk off to the side and he says, listen, what your viewers probably can't tell Mike uh, or your listeners is that I'm two meters tall, right? <laughs> and they, this guy, he kind of looks me up and down and he says, yeah, Luke, we want you on the security detail for Mr. Robbins. You know, you've, you've got quite a presence here. So come outside and join us. So I went outside and joined about 30 other security personnel. And they said, okay, listen, your listeners can't tell I've, I've got a beard right now. <laughs> so they said, Luke, you've got to shave your beard. You've got to get black clothes, all black, no logo, black shoes. And we are the first ones here on site at five o'clock in the morning. And you're the last ones to leave at about one o'clock in the morning. And he said, are you up for it? There's about at least 200 people I know in the audience. Can I talk to them? And he said, no, you, you are in security detail. You're not here to make friends. You're not here to be, to be fun. You have a serious job to do. Are you up for it? And I said, just, just give me a moment. And then I thought, gosh, <laughs> I talk so much about people stepping out of their comfort zone. What a perfect opportunity for me to, do, to, to take my own medicine. So I went and got shaved. I got all my clothes. We're about two or three days into the event, right? And what happens is you stand on post for 30 minutes, no smiling, no engaging with the audience. And we kind of rotate around the stage, in front of the stage and behind the stage. I had this beautiful conversation with Mr. Alonzo. Mr. Alonzo had been working with Tony Robbins for about 15 years and it was my break time. So we're sitting backstage. I'm with Mr. Alonzo. He says, hey, Luke, so tell me, what's on your mind? And little did I know, Alonzo and I were about to have a life-changing coaching conversation where Alonzo was coaching me. Mm. He said, so Luke, where, where are you in your life? What's going on? What's happening? And I said, look, uh, you know, Alonzo, I'm working over here at this other company 
and I want to start up my own coaching and training and facilitation company. But you know what? I'm I'm really I'm really worried, uh, Alonzo. I said I'm worried that what I helped create over there will crash and burn. I'm worried about what will happen to the staff over there. I'm concerned about will I get paid what I'm owed. And I, and I said, and I'm concerned about setting up my new company together with my girlfriend at the time, mm. Coach Christy, mm. who you know very well. And so I, I mentioned all these things to him. And Alonzo looks at me with these big, loving puppy dog eyes. And he says, Luke, did you know our thoughts only come from two places, either fear or faith? He said, tell me, Luke, where do you think your thoughts are coming from now just based on what you just shared with me just now? I said, fear, 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 fear. <laughs> and it blew my mind, Mike, because, you know, I kind of always considered myself Mr. Positive. And then he asked the beautiful question. He said, Luke, if you had 100% faith that you could not fail, what would you do? I would resign. I would delegate and hand over everything beautifully in a two-month period. It would be very amicable. It would be kind of win-win as I left. And I'd be setting things up together with Christy and we'd be very successful and I would do that as soon as possible. And he said, great. So what's the first thing you need to do? <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> I need to have a conversation with my previous business partner. I can tell you, Mike, that 40-minute conversation that I had with Alonzo, you know, I had those other pivotal points in my life, but that conversation building on what I'd already knew. And I guess in those moments when I was backpacking around the world, not knowing, I guess there was a faith there. There was a deep faith in myself, in the universe, that everything would be okay. And that conversation with Alonzo just helped kind of crystallize it. So now whenever I'm making big decisions, I just think, what would I do if I was coming from 100% faith that this is going to work out? And that has been my guiding light since we started Coachology about five years ago. And, you know, from that one conversation, I left the old company and set up Coachology. Mm -hmm. I asked Christy, my girlfriend at the time, to be my wife, and she said mm -hmm. yes. And then we invested about $10,000 in Tony Robbins' next event. <laughs> An amount of money that I would never have spent before on personal development. But what I got to see was that every dollar I spent on my personal development, there was always, always, always a return on that investment of about 10 times. As a result of that and this concept of continual growth, the growth mindset, getting outside of the comfort mm -hmm. zone, Christy and I attend at least three or four different workshops per year. When we could travel, we would travel around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we'd be doing more stuff online now, but the, the learning never stops. If I was to give one word of encouragement for, for your listeners is it's to, to get outside the comfort zone, trust yourself, have faith, surround yourself with positive people and just go for it, right? Because there's nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And this is such a beautiful story. Who would have thought that a 14-minute conversation would lead you to become the person that you're finally meant to be? And it's so beautiful to witness everything unfold as you now being planted in another space. And now you're nurturing this to bloom to the fullest. And having said all of those right now, Luke, what's next for you? 
Great question. I need to finish a book. I'm in the middle of writing a book. So to, to publish that book, to co-author that with Christy, my wife. The, the next thing we're doing is we bought a piece of land about two hours outside of Bangkok. It's a beautiful piece of land by the river. And we're going to build a retreat out there, going to deliver some of our more advanced and more personal programs for our advanced students. And where we're also planning to run executive retreats. So, you know, when companies get their top level executives, yeah. 10 or 12 people, and they put them in a hotel room for two days to kind of thrash out the strategic plan. Well, we want to do that. We want to facilitate that because that's kind of one of our signature programs for organisations mm -hmm. is their strategic plan, strategic alignment. We want to do that by the river on our own property and, and give people, we want to get them out of the comfort zone. We're going to throw them into the river and send them rafting down the, <laughs> the down the river and do some other uh, local activities around the place. And we just feel that, that would be something for us. That's a beautiful combination of, we, we love nature and, and this place we have with the river is just absolutely stunning. So to be able to facilitate workshops with like-minded executives who embrace a growth mindset in this unique environment. Watch this space, Mike. You'll definitely be one of the first to visit us. <laughs> Yay, would love to. I'm so excited to hear all of those from you, Luke, right now. Right now, I'm quite curious, and I'm sure the majority, if not all of our listeners are too. You've been through a lot through the years, and looking back at everything that has happened to you, what is that one moment that you would want to, let's say, change or relive once more? I've had my ups and downs. We, we've clearly covered most of the, the, the joyful trans mm -hmm. uh, experiences that I've had. Yet even those negative experiences that I've had, I, I really don't think I would change them, Mike, because it's, it's made me who I am. You know, I did go off the rails a little bit in my early 20s and I had some very, very close friends who arranged an intervention where they brought my parents down from, they were six hours away and I sat in the family circle with my nearest and dearest who basically said, Luke, you're going off the rails here, you, need to, you better pull it together. And it was a very, very difficult situation at that moment. But you know what, because of that, it made me who I am today because with that support, and this is why I keep saying, if you can surround yourself with positive people, people that care about you. You know, my friends who did that, they, they rang my parents and they came down. They risked the friendship that we had, but I got to see that they cared so much for me that they were willing to, to get out of their own comfort zones to mm -hmm. arrange this intervention to help me get back on track. And that's exactly what it did. It, not only did it bring us together, but my, my parents, because you know, mm -hmm. even at two meters tall and 20 something years, I'm always going to be my mother's baby little boy. Mm -hmm. I had to have that conversation. Look, I'm, I'm a grown man now. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna make mistakes. You've got to give me a little bit of slack here. I've, I've got to figure it out for myself. Even then when I, I did go backpacking around the world, and then I was in Koh Samui for one year. So two years later, my parents flew out to Koh Samui and they stayed at the hotel and I'd, I'd grown a lot. And this was before becoming a coach and trainer. At the very end of their stay, they stayed for one or two weeks or something. Mum comes up to me and she says, Luke, there are two questions that I'm never going to ask you again. 
One of them is, are you eating okay? Because I was working <laughs> in a four-star boutique resort. I ate very, very well. And the second thing that she said is that I'm never going to ask you, when are you coming home? She said, I, I get it now, Luke. You've become this man that you are now. I'm so proud of you. I'm never going to ask you, when are you coming home? But just know that you can come home whenever you want. There's always a place. <laughs> where you're mm -hmm. Mother, I love you too. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. So I really don't think I would change anything. Mike, if, if there was one thing that I would do, I would have got into personal development sooner. Mm. That, that would be the only thing that I would change. And, you know, as a professional coach and trainer now, I'm certifying professional coaches literally all around the world, 20 different countries. I've been doing some coaching programs for a university in Saudi Arabia, all online. And these are masters and PhD students, right? The top of their game. And now they're learning to become a coach. And I'm blown away by the commitment and the passion and the discipline of these young men and women. And so if I could change something, I guess I would just have liked to have started my journey a little bit earlier. But no oh regrets, Mike, no regrets. I certainly shared it sentiments. If I knew that I would become a professional coach myself, I would have started coaching at age nine <laughs> <laughs> if I had that opportunity. But what you said was just too beautiful to let pass about embracing yourself, whatever your past may be, whatever you've been through, and you know, taking it as part of who you are right now and acknowledging its value. That is such a beautiful lesson. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners right now who might be looking forward to planting themselves somewhere else, who might need that push to finally bloom into the person that they're meant to be. You can do what I did, which is you know to take a leap or a, a huge jump outside of the comfort zone, especially as I move from manufacturing to hospitality to professional coaching and training. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take that big of a leap. What I would recommend is just start wherever you are and take that baby step. Because guess what? If nothing changes, nothing changes. And that change must come from within. So read a book, join a webinar, listen to more podcasts, get some coaching with Mike, uh, join one of <laughs> our coaching programs, do something. The saying, I, I don't know, it's Henry Ford or someone, if we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always got, right? So we, we need to do something different. And that means getting that step outside of the comfort zone. And you, we do need to walk before we run. So just take that first step, whatever that is for you. That might be something simple as voicing it out, mm -hmm. having that difficult conversation, submitting that application to that job or that university or whatever. Just do it. Just know and ask yourself the question, if I was coming from 100% faith, what would I do next? What action would you take? Yeah, and that's been a guiding light for me, especially in these last five years or so. From this day on, that would also be my guiding light. And I'm sure that in the process, you've inspired a lot of our listeners right now. How can they get in touch with you, Luke? Luke at coachology.com is a great way to, to reach us, or you can search coachology.com. You can find me on LinkedIn under Luke Salway. I, I use LinkedIn a lot, so I'm quite active over there. And of course, our Facebook page, which is Coachology. So Coachology, if you search Coachology, you'll be able to find me somewhere, somehow. Wow. 
Thank you so much, Luke, for spending this morning with me. And I've had a great time. I've never known you that well until today. And it's such a beautiful experience to share this space with you and to see you fully bloom into the person that you're meant to be. Thank you, Mike. I've really appreciated our conversation today. And uh, thank you to you for the opportunity. Thank you to your listeners if they've made it through this far. And I just wish everyone the best. You know, these are uncertain times. And, you know, one tiny little story to wrap up with, Mike. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic back in March last year, March 2020, my traditional business model of face-to-face training and face-to-face coaching, it just stopped overnight. It stopped. Everything closed down, everything shut down. We were in lockdown, everything stopped. I had not done webinars. Zoom was hardly a thing back then, Mm. right? And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I remember I I sat with Christy on our balcony and I said, what what can we do? And we said, I don't know, let's just do a webinar. Let's just figure it out and see what happens. And so we did our very, very first webinar. From that one webinar, we got three phone calls from organizations who said, wow, that is great. Can you do something that with the positive thinking and motivation? Can you do that with our team? Now, my trick is whenever someone asks me to do something in the training or development field and I don't know how to do it, I always say yes, and then I figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) And then I figure it out afterwards. So we said, yeah, of course we can do that for you. And then through a partnership and a collaboration, we fine-tuned it, we delivered it to a pilot audience. And now with this particular company, a big multinational company, we're doing uh, two sessions every month of two hours. So they've taken their traditional leadership development program and we've stretched it out over 15 different modules delivered Mm -hmm. twice per year. And so this is the new way of doing business now. So Mm -hmm. the the computer, this little dot at the top of the computer here with the (laughs) camera and the microphone, that's my life. And that's just part of the change that we needed to make. So again, don't wait for perfection, guys. Don't wait for everything to be perfect. Perfection does not exist. It's an illusion. Start wherever you are, take that first step and enjoy the magic that happens outside of the comfort zone. And that's such a beautiful way to end this inspired conversation. And there you have it, guys. That was Mr. Luke Salway, the Master Facilitator and CEO of Coachology Thailand. If you guys like this episode, kindly like and follow through our different accounts across multimedia platforms. And you can also follow mine across uh, multimedia platforms as well. So there you have it. So again, guys, wherever you are right now, know that it's okay simply because you're on your way to become your own. Hashtag best me ever. My name is Coach Mike Sellis. Until then, bye. This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.